Welcome to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. I'm your host, Yang Pratt, and each week we'll explore ways in which the arts can help you raise a smarter kid. I'll be sharing ways the arts can propel your child's learning and interviewing top artists, educators, and entrepreneurs. These guests will share why the arts are so very important to your child, along with actionable ideas you can easily implement into your already busy schedule. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast here on iTunes and share us with a friend. For extra tips on raising smart kids, head on over to artsmartparenting.com and click on the live tab. Well, hello and welcome back, Art Smart Parents. I'm so excited that you tuned in for today's episode because I have a real treat for you today. My guest today is an expert in nutrition. So if you're a busy mom, like you know, like you all know that I am, the tips you're going to learn today are going to change your world and make your life. Getting your kids off to school and getting them to eat well is going to be much easier. So my guest today is Jen Zills. And Jen is a wife a mom of three, and a certified health coach. After 19 years working in corporate America, she stepped away to become a stay-at-home mom. Her journey as a working mom turned stay-at-home mom slowly led to her passion, helping busy moms raise healthy families. As the founder of Kids Eat Vegetables, her proven strategies have helped hundreds of families improve their health and eat more vegetables. Jen lives in Wisconsin with her husband, Conrad, and three children, ages 11, 7, and 5. When she's not carpooling kids to activities, she can be found in her kitchen, testing recipes, and enjoying a cup of tea. Welcome to the show today, Jen. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here with you and your listeners. Fantastic. Hey, so my listeners now know a little bit more about you. Did I miss anything that you wanted to share with them? I don't think so. I think, you know, like I said, like you said in the intro, the journey from stay-at-home mom, um, from corporate mom to stay-at-home mom has been an experience and I've learned so much and I'm just so glad that I now have this platform to share with other moms and hopefully make mothering a little bit easier. I think that's the biggest challenge in mothering is we have to, you know, reach out and work with each other and help each other. Right, because we never really learn to connect with each other. I know that, you know, growing up, I never saw my mom. I mean, she had friends, but we there wasn't like the connection like we can have these days with technology because you live in Wisconsin, I live in Nevada. So the the ability for us to be able to connect long distance now and really just be able to affect change in each other's communities is awesome. Yes, because we all want the best for our kids. Yeah, well, so just for everyone to know on the podcast today, Jen and I connected in an online group for women entrepreneurs. And we were paired up to be accountability buddies to one another. So she and I have chatted before just briefly to to get to know each other. But I knew that I had to have her on the podcast today because I really struggle with getting my kids to eat healthy. It's so easy to just grab and go. But I know that that's not serving my kids well. It's not helping them to grow or do the things I need to do with them or have them do. So we'll dive more into that in today's episode. Excellent. So I know we we know that you stepped away from your job in corporate America to be a stay-at-home mom than to get you to the journey to kids eat vegetables. Why did you take that journey? What, What led you there? Well, I, w- I would say this. I'd start by saying, by no means uh, did I grow up, you know, with 
the healthiest of habits. My husband will tell you when he met me, uh, you know, my typical lunch would be a snicker bar and a snicker bar and a Pepsi. So I am in no way, you know, been uh, on this healthy journey. It, it is a new experience for us in the in last couple of years. But what really led me here was. Um, my children, I think with so many of us as moms, you know, we have our first baby and we think, oh, we want to lose the baby weight. We need to be healthier. We want to exercise. So we all kind of start there. Um, but for us, it, it, took a, it took a little bit of a turn and it became a little more important when our oldest son started school. So we had him starting in kindergarten and we were just so excited. We were overjoyed. Here we are sending our little man off to kindergarten. And it wasn't a few weeks in and we were getting notes from the teacher and then we're getting calls from the school and then we're getting called into meetings and they're starting to use terms like ADHD and autism spectrum and we were floored. We just, we didn't know where to turn. We weren't sure what to do. And for us, that was a big catalyst in our just changing our diet. And what happened in that journey is, you know, we started reaching out to experts, attending sessions, all these things, just trying to learn. And we were connected with the nutritionist. And that's really where the journey started. We started to understand the connection between what we were feeding him and his behavior, his performance in school, his ability to sit still. You know, we started to understand processed foods and sugar and, and all those impacts on his little body. So that's really where our journey started. Um, at the same time, I was working in corporate America and I had the opportunity to be on our corporate wellness initiative and was part of leading that on leading, um, rolling that out to all of our employees. And that gave me the opportunity to really talk with a lot of my coworkers and start understanding that our family wasn't alone in the struggle to understand what's healthy, to understand what to feed our kids, how to make it all happen when you have dual careers and um, busy, you know, busy moms and busy kids. And so that's really where the journey started. And when I started to recognize we weren't alone and I started learning some tips and practices and sharing those with my friends and people started to be a little more interested in that. And I thought, wow, okay, I'm onto something here and I'm very passionate about it. And, you know, so I started to want to help other moms, other busy moms to um, get their kids a little healthier and understand what healthy is, what healthy food means. Well, and I love that you started this business from a place of need. You had a personal need. You went out there, you researched it, you learned about what was going on, what was the appropriate thing, and then you put that plan into action to help other moms. And I commend you for doing that because I know as as moms, we get all this contradictory information, but most of us don't distill it down and then go out with a mission on, this is absolutely what I'm going to do now. I have a new life's mission. I have a new life's purpose. So kudos to you. Well, thank you. So this is a big question I have for you. And I, I know that I get this question from my kids. Why is nutrition so important for our kids? It is, you know, it is, it's the foundation of what we're doing. And I really try to emphasize, you know, to my kids and to other moms that, you know, we, we, we expect so much of our little people, right? We're, we expect them to do well in school. We expect them to do well in activities and sports and so much. But if we're not giving them the foundation of proper nutrition, we can't, we can't expect that they're going to do well. They're going to feel well. They're going to stay healthy. Um, so really just understanding that foundation and that we need to fuel our bodies properly for the activities and the things that we want to do. And I think once we start explaining that to our children, 
in our family, our motto is we make healthy choices. And that's kind of what we always go back to. We say, why are we doing this? Well, because we make healthy choices. And so that's really what we try to stick by. And we try to make the best choices at the time. Are we always perfect? Absolutely not. Do we drive through the drive through sometimes for dinner? Absolutely. We are human. We are normal. Um, but we want to look at the big picture overall and say, okay, what can I do to be the healthiest I can be? Yeah, and I've heard from different places, different sources, that you strive to be 80-20 or 90-10. So most of the time, you strive to eat healthy, and like your family has the mantra of, eating, of making healthy choices, of being healthy most of the time. But of course, being human, we sort of need to give into that desire sometimes to, you know, grab that juicy hamburger or that extra piece of cake after dinner or something. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's important. It's important to celebrate life events with food. We do that just the same. So you alluded to this earlier when you said parents are really busy. And I find that to be so true. Kids have so many activities to choose from these days. And moms can sometimes feel like the taxi service where we're literally taking your kids to school, from school, to one activity to the next. And if you have multiple kids, you're doing that times two or three or four. So there's, the hours in the day are small. How do parents make some better choices? What, what can you tell them if they're just so busy and right now their habit is to go to the drive-through at the end of the day because they're just too tired to make a meal? Yes, and, and I've been there and I absolutely understand that. I'd say a couple things. You know, we need to find time for the things that are important and that's not always easy. And there's so many things on our list that's important, but if we always go back to the fact that proper nutrition, giving us the fuel that we need to fuel our bodies is going to be the most important. And that's going to help us do everything else better, right? So it's a building block. Um, a couple tips I have. One is get the kids involved, get the kids involved, right? Packing their own lunches. Um, if you're giving them the guidelines, you're giving them the, the, you know, the different choices, they can pack their own lunches. Teaching them how to prepare very simple meals. My son, my 11-year-old can scramble eggs for the family. So on busy mornings, sometimes that's his job. He's scrambling eggs. Mm -hmm. Is it a gourmet meal? No. But is it going to be healthy and be on the table for everyone to eat? Absolutely. So engage the kids. Let them be the helpers. Let them be involved in the kitchen. Does it take a little bit of time to teach them? Yes. However, you're teaching them a life skill and they're going to be helping you out. So it's definitely worth, it's worth the time to teach them. Uh, number two is I always like to carve a little bit of time out of Sunday evening to really get caught up and, you know, get ahead of the week. And so Sunday evenings, if I can just make two, three items for the week, uh, would be sometimes I make granola bars for lunches, muffins for breakfast. I always hard boil a dozen eggs for the week. So using some time on Sunday night, get the kids involved in that as well. They can make up some snack packs of, you know, nuts and raisins or some celery sticks and carrots, right? They can make up those snack packs so they're ready to go in the lunches or ready to grab on the way out to dance practice. So setting up some time on Sunday evenings to just do a couple things to really get you set for the week. If you can throw dinner in the crock pot, I have a bunch of great recipes on my website. You know, anything to help you out during the week is going to be beneficial and it's going to help you to make healthy choices it's going to make it easier to make healthy choices throughout the week. Those are such great tips because I find for myself too, if I make a plan, it usually happens. But when I walk into a week without a plan and let life just kind of happen, 
those are the moments that I find myself, oh gosh, we should go to here real quick and we're just going to grab dinner and we only do it once in a while, so it's okay. And you know, and try to justify to myself sometimes when I get too busy and don't take that time to make a plan. And I love that you had your kids get involved because I find that if they get to have some choices, if they get to have some say in what goes on, and they have voting rights, essentially, then they're definitely more apt to, to engage with whatever new behavior, such as eating more healthy, they're, they're really more in, invested in that decision. Absolutely, absolutely. I would add one more thing. You know, it's such a trend right now to meal plan. Meal plan, plan your meal for the whole week, plan everything you're gonna eat. For some moms, that's not possible. For some moms, that's overwhelming. I'll be honest, I don't do that every week myself. But try, do something. Even just one or two items on a Sunday night is gonna make a difference. So don't feel pressure to plan every meal for the entire week. Plan a couple things. And if one night you have to go out to the drive-thru, okay, so be it. Make the best choices you can. But if all the other nights you're eating at home and breakfast and lunches, you're packing lunches and eating at home, that's fabulous. That's, that's good. And that's usually what I do as well. I won't plan. I, planning seven meals for a whole week is too much. And then there's always leftovers and no one ever wants to eat those. So I get stuck eating all those. So I find if I plan, you know, something for most of the weekdays, the rest of the days kind of just take care of themselves. So if I cook on Monday and Tuesday, then Wednesday is leftovers because we have a fridge full of stuff and then we kind of do the same pattern. And I know around here, it's starting to feel like fall. It's really cold and wet and rainy today. So my Instant Pot and my Crock Pot have become my best friends. Excellent. <laughs> so tell me a story about maybe a little bump in the road you've had on your journey to eating healthier. And when you experience setbacks, how do you overcome them? Mm, well, I mean, three kids, they're all in different phases of life, right? And so there's setbacks happen often. I mean, this, it's not, you know, it's not a set journey where you say, oh, we're on the right path. As all moms know, they these, you know, change quickly. And as soon as you master something as a mom, the kids go and change it. And you're like, wait a minute. So they happen, they happen. And again, that's why we, we do have our family motto. We make healthy choices. So we can always go back to that and we say, okay, this is why we're doing that. But I think it's really important to talk to your children and understand what their struggle is if they don't like something, if they're boycotting a certain type of food, what's the reason? And so many times it might be simpler than you think. So, you know, don't turn to frustration when your kid now all of a sudden isn't eating carrots or isn't eating cucumbers or isn't eating something healthy that you've prepared. Talk to them a little bit about it. I know one thing um, as we got back into the school session and my my five-year-old, it's her first year packing lunch and going to school all day. Uh, we tried the hot lunch and just too unpredictable for her. She wasn't understanding, wasn't sure what they were serving, so she didn't want to do that, so she wants to pack. Okay, fine. I had packed her some cucumber slices. She won't eat them, won't eat them. They come home day after day. Finally, I asked her, honey, why aren't you eating these cucumber slices? I thought you liked cucumbers. Well, mom, I like when you slice them and then cut them in half. <laughs> okay so here she's not eating this and you know I could have just kept throwing it you know eating on myself at the end of the day or whatever but instead when we had the conversation it was something so simple so not every not every struggle is that is that easy to solve but by talking to our kids and understanding hey maybe they just don't like something prepared a certain way and you can change it easily that's why it's so important to continue to 
offer new foods to our kids and offer foods to our kids in different ways because, you know, sometimes they, they don't like roasted broccoli and sometimes they do. And your story about these cucumbers, it's, I was giggling because I can relate to those stories. And so often I'll hear from parents or sometimes my kids will proclaim themselves to be picky eaters, which I know they're not picky at all. They're just choosing in that moment to not eat that food. So I love that you said to just ask them why, because sometimes it has nothing to do with the food at all, but it has everything to do with the way they're cut or their surroundings, or maybe there wasn't the appropriate side dish for it, but there's usually a reason. Love it. Yes. So how has eating better changed the way that you parent? Mm, wow. Well, I think <laughs> in some ways it's, it's a little more challenging, right? Because you do have, after every soccer practice, everyone's bringing processed snacks and, you know, how do you say no thank you? And so things like that are, are definitely a little more challenging. We always try to be the family that brings the healthy snack or brings the healthy option. It's funny, um, just to touch on the soccer practice, you know, I would, I really strongly encourage moms to be that mom, be the mom that brings the healthy snack because it's amazing how quickly after a couple games you'll see all the other moms kind of start following suit. Like just have the courage to be that mom and the other moms will follow. But as far as that goes, I think, but parenting, you know, we treat, it's just like with everything in motherhood, you know, consistency matters and being consistent at the dinner table and understanding the, the rules of the dinner table and sticking to them even on nights when we're all tired is important. It definitely, the other thing is reading labels. I think now raising children and being trying to live as healthy as we can and make healthy choices. I am very adamant about reading labels and understanding how much sugar is in items. I'm very sensitive to marketing and the food marketing to our children. Uh, so I think those are some of the ways that um, my motherhood, you know, parenting has been uh, impacted. Yeah. You definitely become more observant about yeah. your surroundings for sure. It sounds like, so we talked about processed foods, and one of the places that I know kids tend to get a lot of processed foods, unfortunately, is in that school lunch. You know, I think schools are trying to provide a great service, but there's that, those big industries that are leading sort of the marketing efforts that are placed in front of our kids and as, as, as parents as well. How do we overcome some of the challenges? Because I, I know when I talk to my kids about these lunches, by and large, I mean, they're full of salt, they're full of fat and full of sugar, and there's usually not many redeeming qualities. How do we as parents, if that's our option, what can we do to either supplement that or overcome our kids getting all that gunk in the middle of our day? I know it's tough. It's tough. A couple things I would say, you know, first is talk to your school, talk to the administration, understand what the rules are about um, when children take school lunch. I know in some schools they say, listen, you have to have at least one of the vegetable choices or at least one of the fruit choices. So they, you know, the parents may or may not be aware that that is a rule in the line when they're going through the line, they have to pick one healthy choice at least. Now, do they always eat it? That's another story, but um, that's where, you know, you really need to talk to your kids. Uh, a couple other things I would say is the number one thing I recommend to parents is to have the children drink water at lunch. Yes. Don't allow them to have, even, even the, the chocolate milk. I mean, there's so much sugary beverages out there that the, the easiest way to reduce the amount of sugar that your kids are intaking is to have them drink water. 
If you can pack lunch, fabulous. But even in the packed lunches, the sugar adds up quickly, right? There's sugar in the bread, there's sugar in the peanut butter, there's sugar in the jelly, there's sugar in the kids' yogurt. Add in a treat, they are well over the amount of sugar they should be eating for a day. So even in the packed lunches, we need to be very vigilant about the amount of sugar that our kids are having. Um, so reading labels is so important. And yeah, so that's where I would start. And again, having open communication with your kids and understanding what they're eating and what they'd like to have. Excellent. And you talked about drinking water at lunch. I know you and I had a little discussion last time we spoke about water and how as the kids get older, they're less likely to drink water because they don't get any bathroom breaks. And if they have to go to the bathroom, they have to cash in some sort of reward, some token, which they are saving to get some sort of prize at the end of the year. How do we get our kids to drink water when there's a situation where there isn't time to go to the bathroom or they're not being allowed without losing a privilege. Yeah, I know. It's so tough. You know, I, one, I would say starting every morning with a nice big glass of water um, is a great way for all of us to start our days. Um, it's so important. I think if they can have a water bottle with them at school, I know both of the schools that my children attend, they, they are allowed to have their water bottles with them, which is fabulous. Um, and then talking, again, talking to the administration, understanding what the opportunities are, and also talking to your children. Maybe they don't realize the opportunities during the day that they could take that break or understanding their schedule or, okay, when do you go to your locker and where's the locker as it relates to the bathroom? So having those conversations with the kids to help them understand, um, you know, when, when they would have time and also explaining the importance of water and how important it is to them. I mean, so many times when we think we're hungry, we're actually thirsty. Mm -hmm. And, you know, most kids don't realize that when they are dehydrated, their brains and their, their memory and their functions are all of their bodily functions are compromised when they don't have enough water. So really reinforcing the importance of drinking water and then understanding, you know, what are some optimal times that we can, we can use the restroom during the school day? Uh, like I said, maybe drinking water before they go to school and definitely after they go to school and before their afternoon activities. Excellent. And that's a great segue to activities because my next question has to do with being active. I know your daughter's a dancer. How is good nutrition of benefit to her? Yeah, I mean, and that's a conversation we have often. You say, you know, listen, we, we realize you could have these sugary snacks, but they're going to you're going to feel really down afterwards and you might not have the energy you need to make it through the dance class or the dance recital. So we have open conversations with our kids about the importance of fueling your body for the activity that you want to do, be it soccer, be it dance, um, be it piano lessons, whatever it is, right? Our, we need our bodies to, we're asking our bodies to do a lot of hard work if it's, even if it's, uh, you know, thinking through the math test or, uh, you know, going to soccer practice. So just keeping that, you know, I just really try to stress to moms that this is a life lesson, understanding our bodies, understanding how, how fueling our body with nutrition is important is something that our kids are going to take with us well past dance lesson and well past fifth, past fifth grade. Absolutely. And your idea of fueling the body, I think I saw recently on Facebook or the internet, I don't know where I saw it, but there's this great graphic and it's of a plant. There's a plant sitting in the corner of the room and I think there's somebody pouring water onto the plant. And it said something like, you know, if you're feeding your plants this, why are you feeding your kids the sugary snack or the sugary drink over here? And I thought, 
Yeah, that's exactly right. You would never give sugar water to your plant because you know it's going to die. Exactly. So that's exactly. what we're doing to our kids. And then we expect for them to pay attention in school. We expect for them to excel at sports or the arts. And it's not fair for us to ask that of them if we're not giving them the fuel they need to run the most efficiently. Right, exactly. And, you know, so many times as moms, you know, we feed it, we get into sticky situations when it comes to food, we give in, where it's so easy to throw processed snacks at the kids. So much of the, of the food is marketed to children. I mean, it is challenging. It's very difficult to be a mom these days. But I say, you know, you wouldn't leave the Target parking lot without having your child in a restraint, in, in his car seat, in his or her um, booster seat, right? We've all been there. We've all been where we're, you know, tackling a, a two-year-old into the seat at Target, trying to get them into the car seat. You would not leave Target without having them in a car seat because you understand the inherent risks and the dangers of driving with your child not properly restrained. Those same dangers are the results, can result of not feeding our kids healthy, right? We don't want our children to have chronic health problems. No one wants their children to have to battle any, you know, chronic health problems. Now we're in the future. So I really try to, you know, ask moms to think of feeding your children the same as you would putting them in a car seat. It's just as important. Yeah, that's such a great analogy because we're all so wrapped up in the, our child's safety in that moment in the car. We sometimes don't think about the same consequences about not feeding them the right foods. Yes, exactly. So here on the show, we're all about helping parents to raise smarter kids. I'm curious to know, we talked about this briefly before, about how nutrition and the arts are alike. Yes, excellent question. You know, when we talk about the arts, we talk about growing, we talk about learning, we talk about self-control, self-confidence, and all these things that come from having our children involved in the arts. And those same results can, ha you know, are ha what's happened when we, ha we teach our children proper nutrition and how to properly take care of themselves and their bodies. And there's so much connection there. And there's so much results, right? Their performance in the arts is going to just be so much better when they're properly nourished. Absolutely. And I, and I love that too. And it just makes me think that, you know, the nutrition we're feeding our kids and the arts, they kind of have to coexist, right? Because the, the food nourishes our body and then the arts kind of nourishes our soul. So we have to have both components to really have this beautiful person go out into the world and do their absolute best. Absolutely. So if parents are struggling with getting their kids to eat more healthy, you mentioned earlier about getting them involved. Are there some online tools maybe you could suggest to parents to have their kids watch something? Because I know sometimes when it comes from mom and dad, they aren't as apt to want to do it because they're just at that stage in life. Yeah. Are there places you might suggest parents go with their kids to learn more about nutrition? Yeah, I think, so there's definitely a lot of great places that, that parents can go online. Um, I personally have an ebook out that parents can go online and get that has uh, tips and recipes. And the recipes are very simple. You can get the kids involved in the kitchen. I do think getting them hands-on in the kitchen is the best. Um, the way, you know, you can go off to Pinterest. Look, Pinterest is a great place to find new recipes. Have the kids go with you. Have the kids as they're looking through. I mean, the pictures are beautiful, right? This is beautiful food. Go up, have them pick what they'd like to have maybe in one meal next week or for a special meal for an accomplishment at school. Um, get them involved in actually making the food is going to make such a difference. 
my oldest is 13 now and she adores Pinterest. And <laughs> one of the things that she's most passionate about looking at there is food. She has this dream of going to culinary school and she really loves to bake treats which is hard for me because I like to eat the treats. She yeah. doesn't like to eat them. So for her, no problem. But she has boards and boards and boards of recipes. And so I know that I've asked her this very thing where I'll say, okay, next week, pick something we can make in the crock pot. And we'll go we'll buy all the ingredients this weekend. Perfect. And lately we've been going to the store together and I'll say, okay, here is our budget. What can we get for this? We know we wanna make these dishes. You know, what are the best choices we can make at the grocery store? And that seems to really want to get them involved. You know, they know what the cost is. They know the time it takes. And they know that there's some love involved. So I just think your advice on getting them engaged in the process is just the biggest takeaway. Absolutely. So will you share a story with us about maybe a transformation one of your clients has had? Maybe their kids have had a transformation. Sure. I love when moms call me or reach out to me and say, after they've been struggling over a certain food item, they say, you know, finally, Tommy ate the tomatoes. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, great. I mean, the moms just feel so great. But honestly, one of the stories I'll share is actually not about the kids. Um, I was working with a mom and she, her kids were littler. And so they were really going along with a lot of the tips and strategies and they were really liking the recipes. But she said, Jen, my challenge is my husband. He, he, you know, he's a meat, he's a meat and potatoes guy and I just can't get him to, to change. And I said, you know, so we talked about some recipes. We talked about what he does like, and I gave her a few recipes and I said, listen, go back home and don't, don't add all this hype. Don't say we're going to eat healthy. I'm making healthy recipes. Don't hype it all up. Just make the food. Just make the food and serve the food. So many times as moms, I think we just, we set these edicts to say, now we're going to eat healthier. These are going to be the consequences if you don't have good behavior. We set these big grandiose things for our families. Sometimes it's good just to quietly in our nice motherly way, just present the food. And it was about a week later that, you know, she called me up and said, Jen, he's eating all these recipes. He's eating all of this food. It's going really well. He doesn't even realize that we're eating healthy. And I'm like, there you go. You know, talk to him about it after the fact. Talk to him about it. Say, hey, did you like that, that crock pot recipe? Well, did you know there were five different vegetables in it? You know, talk to him about it after. But so many times we set ourselves up and we set our, our families up for these great big plans. Let's just keep it simple. And um, let's see where, see where we can lead them. Keep it simple. That is lovely because I know when you're telling me the story, it reminds me what everyone does for New Year's. As soon as the New Year rolls around, we set these big resolutions. We're going to eat healthy. We're going to run every day of our lives. We're going to never have sugar in our house. And usually by about day three, like all of those plans just go away. And we sometimes get this mindset of all or none. And I love what you're saying is, you know, take those baby steps, keep it simple and just do it. Don't make a big deal of it because if we're going to hype it up, you know, there's a bigger letdown. If we can, if we can just ourselves step back and just do things and really not even say anything about them, but just do it. I think that's going to be of great benefit to our listeners. Absolutely. Well, Jen, I know that your time is so valuable and you're, you're working on some new things on your kids eat vegetables. 
program. And um, I'm sure you'll be keeping us up to date with all the developments there because I know you and I have talked about a couple of fun things you have coming up. Before we go, though, I would love for my listeners to be able to connect with you. What is the best place for them to reach you? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, they definitely can go out to my website, kidseatvegetables.com. I have a lot of recipes and tips that I can share there. I also have a free ebook. If you sign up for um, our newsletter, you will be, um, you'll receive our ebook, which has tips and recipes, like I mentioned earlier, recipes even the kids can help do. And uh, if you get on our mailing list, you um, will be receiving um, emails and get a little bit of a sneak peek of our upcoming five-day challenge, which is five days, get your kids eating veggie challenge. So we'd love to have your listeners join us and uh, get, you know, like I said, it's going to be a little sneak peek for those of those people on my newsletter. And we're excited to work together as moms, come together as moms to get our kids to eat more vegetables. That is awesome. And I think five days is such a great number because it's really doable. It's not, you're not asking us for five months or five years of time, but five days. Let's take five days out of our lives and see if we can affect some real change in the nutrition of our families, not even just our kids, but like you said in your story, the husbands, because sometimes they are more reluctant than our kids are. So if we can get the whole family engaged and spend five days and then come out on the other side and talk about the changes, talk about the changes we feel in our bodies, talk about the changes we see on the, on the external portion, our skin, our hair, our nails, those sorts of things. And then after five days, it seems once you get over that first little hill, the rest is much easier. Exactly. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much, Jen, for taking time with us to be here today and talk to our parents about something that's so important for them, especially now that our kids are back in school. You've given us so many great tips, and I will make sure that they can all find you on our show notes, and we'll do a link directly to your website so they can reach out if they have any more questions. Thank you. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share us with a friend and head on over to iTunes and leave us a review there and let us know you're enjoying the show. If you're looking for more tips on raising smart kids, head to Amazon.com and pick up a copy of my first book, Raising a Superhero, How to Unleash Your Child's Eight Superpowers and Propel Learning Through the Arts. Thanks for allowing me to be your guide on this parenting adventure, and I look forward to catching you next time.